Welcome to the Exhorter Podcast, where we aim to stir up love and good works through bite-sized biblical discussion. I'm Kyle Goodwin, and I'm joined today by John Bradford and Paul Nerland. Paul Ner... Paul... I don't want to say Paul Nerland. Paul Nerland. Paul Nerland. Did you know who Paul Nerland was? <laughs> Paul Nerland. There's another Paul over there. <laughs> John, you can fix that in editing. I'm just going to go on. Well, Paul, you've got our topic for the day. What, what What's in store for us for this episode? I want to talk a little bit in this episode about zeal and specifically how important it is and how sometimes it's difficult to maintain. Um, and I'm going to begin by asking John and Kyle, do you remember the excitement and the passion and the desire that you felt for the Lord and for doing his will when you first became a Christian? And can you describe it? That's a difficult question for me. And this might change the trajectory of where you wanted to go with this question. But as I heard another preacher use this phrase, as a lifer, someone born, raised, and spanked in the church of Christ, this has actually been a bit of a struggle for me is reading about the joy that people experience at conversion, seeing their zeal, and wishing I had a little bit of that myself. So for me, I would say zeal has been something that maybe not I that I've had and lost, but something that has almost eluded me that I've been chasing after. That's an interesting perspective that I think actually could fit in with this. John, how about you? Kind of similar. Um, I feel like I was 13 when I got baptized. I was really young. And I just remember feeling like I was doing something important in a part of the church. Um, and there wasn't a lot I could do. Back then, I couldn't even see over the podium. So, I mean, I launched right into doing song leading and, and some things, um, prayers. But I think I was just really excited to be a part of the church. So, if you're listening to this and whether you were uh, born and raised, maybe your parents went to church and you became a Christian. So, you've always been part of the church. And so, it was a different experience. But still, the zeal you felt when you first became a Christian. Maybe you're listening to this and you became a Christian. You were baptized and you came from outside. But there was this excitement and there was this zeal. I have heard stories, and I've sometimes seen it, where people come back and, and several years pass and they realize that this, this feeling of being on fire or the zeal that they had when they first became a Christian is just not there. And the question is asked, how do I get that zeal back? And is it important? It's absolutely important. Being a lifer, sometimes it is difficult. When I do see someone in the church who is very zealous, going to all the Bible classes, so engaged, so happy, just soaking up God's Word, reading it, so engaged. I feel very envious of that perspective. And honestly, I do get some vicariously, though. You know, when I see someone that engaged and that excited about God's Word and taking part in doing things, um, it makes me want to you know, right along with them. Uh, and I like surrounding myself with people who are very engaged, especially, you know, being a deacon. When we have some deacons that are just really engaged and trying to come up with new things to do, uh, that just makes me want to, you know, get engaged as well. Yeah. I remember seeing the zeal uh, of someone else when I was training to preach, um, a fellow named Anthony Johns. We were doing a Bible study and it was asked who could recite the books of the Bible. And I did that. And he was very impressed by that, said, I wish I grew up going to church. I wish I had parents that brought me to church every Sunday. And I told him he, he was someone that came into the faith later in life. And I told him that there was a part of me that was envious at not necessarily that I wanted to trade pasts. We all, you know, we, we each looked at each other with a little bit of envy for the thing that was eluding us. And and he wanted something that I had. I wanted something that he had. But I told him that that there was something about his experience seeing a, a real conversion 
I struggled to feel like I was lost. He knew he was lost and thus felt that sense of joy at being saved. And I told him that I was, I, I was somewhat envious of that aspect of, of his upbringing. So, Kyle, I sense that what you've introduced is a whole nother episode that we might want to explore because that's a very good point in a conversation among, you know, those who have grown up in the church that we may want to talk about, which is the idea of when you become a Christian, um, you've been in sin just as much as anyone else before. But if you've been, quote, going to church all your life, how you feel about that versus someone that never has and may have a completely different experience in how they emotionally feel when they come in. But I want to be clear here when we talk about zeal, it's not just the emotion of it per se, but let's see kind of what the Bible says about it and and what we can do. it. But that sounds like a great topic for a whole separate episode. Zeal to- part two. Totally agree. Finding zeal. Finding zeal. <laughs> the search for zeal. Uh, and now that you've you've prompted that in, in an episode, we have to do it now. We will do it. So, so stay tuned. That is an episode we're going to have. So 1 Peter chapter 3, um, beginning in verse 12. I want to read what it says. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer, But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? The word zealous, the word zeal is mentioned many times in the Bible. And we're going to talk, you know, if anybody understood zeal, when I think of the Apostle Peter, I think of somebody who had zeal, who always seemed to have the energy, even though he made mistakes. He had that zeal um, time and time again. But when you talk about zeal, maybe we should step back and say, what is zeal? When you hear the term zeal, what is that exactly? It's not a term, John, as you mentioned, that we speak about all the time in regular language, but it's a biblical term as well. But what is it? I, I think of probably one of the most famous uses in the Bible of the word zeal is when Jesus cleanses the temple. And he quotes, I believe it's Psalm 69, where zeal for God has consumed me. So I think in terms of it's something that consumes you. It's something that that draws all of your attention and focuses all of your energy towards that one goal or objective. So it's 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 something that is all encompassing and I'm entirely focused. It's consumed my whole being to where I'm focused on this one cause or goal. I think that really summarized it well. Uh, in the Bible, it seems like when we read about zeal, it's a burning desire to please God to put it in simple terms. And as you, I, like, I like how you put it. It's, it's consuming if, you're, if you've got that quality. I think in the, the definition is a, a great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or objective. But I like you put it in much simpler terms. I mean, it, it, it's your everything. You know? I am a simple-minded person. <laughs> well, I am too. That's why I liked it. Well, First Peter 2 talks about it as like newborn infants longing for pure spiritual milk. And if you ever had a kid, there's nothing else available in that kid's mind, that baby's mind, than that milk, you know, right right then. So I, I think that's, it, it's mixing God as first the priority. Uh, there's no other focus. There's nothing else that will satiate and that will appease um, what you desire. So this, it's mentioned in the Bible time and time again, uh, and yet it's something that I think eludes us at times. Now, it's zeal is not something that's limited to God. Um, if I asked John for you to quote every player on the New England Patriots or who won the last 25 Super Bowls, I'm guessing you probably could do that. And I could do the same for uh, Stanley Cups and every player who's played for the Calgary Flames for the last 25 years. It's meaningless, but you could say that 
is something that excites me. Not quite the the all-consuming desire, though, that Kyle was talking about. But I would say this idea of a burning desire in action. And it also involves other things. Uh, we see in the Bible um, the courage to do certain things. And Peter, if anybody, was somebody who demonstrated that. But if it consumes you, it takes all things. And what's interesting to me is God is defined as somebody who has zeal. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7 speaks about the fact that God would would be zealous to accomplish a task. And it, it describes him as being someone who had zeal for the people of Israel. Or in Isaiah 59, 17, it says, he wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. And so I've read that before, but never really thought about it. It's It's something that God demonstrates. So we as Christians serve a God who is zealous himself. We look at him as an example. Well, so often we he, he models what we are meant to be, and that's part of being created in his image. Mm-hmm. And so I think we see in the scriptures that God desires that we and all Christians are, are zealous. And so the text I want to look at just to speak to this more specifically is, is Titus chapter 2 and verse 14. Talking about Jesus, it says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. In this section, it's talking about Christians and it it really, it lays it out in a few different ways. First, it says he purchased you and I. You know, it goes into how this happened. He gave himself for us to redeem us. Uh, from every lawless deed. It says that he purified us from our sins. He took possession of us. But what's important in this verse to me, why did he do that? At the end of the day, it says to produce a zeal in you and in me to do good deeds. This was one of the missions of Jesus was in doing all of this, our response was to be a zealous people. And I've never really thought about it before in just focusing on zeal, but looking at that passage, that that, that is one of the outcomes that this passage is, is talking about, is the outcome of this is that we would have a zeal for doing what God would have us to do. Well, it's important to acknowledge the source of zeal, that it starts with what God does for us. It starts with God's love and and all the things he does for our benefit, because I think a lot of times people try and manufacture zeal or enthusiasm artificially, and that probably is the kind of zeal that tapers off fast. But when zeal is a response to knowing God, and you know God largely through scripture, through meditation on the scripture, and through prayer, when you do those things, you know God, the love of God is poured out to you in the pages of the Bible, and zeal should be the natural response to it, but it has to have that origin with God, not artificially manufactured. In Revelation 3, verses 14 to 19, um, it's letters to, to Christians in Laodicea. And, you know, we, we've read it before. They're, they're neither hot nor cold. And, you know, I won't read the whole passage. But my point is at the very end of it, it says, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Don't just be not hot, not cold, lukewarm, but, but make a choice and, and be zealous. Don't just be there and go through the motions. And so what we see from Jesus is to be zealous and repent as one of the instructions to the church in Laodicea. And I would think the instructions to the church in Laodicea is just as relevant to Christians in Clovis or anywhere that you're listening to this podcast, that this isn't just something that, oh, we hope we can do that. 
this is something we should be doing. And essentially, it's like a command here. Is, is zeal something that you might be able to say is it's more defined by what you do than how you feel? I think it could be both. I mean, I'll, let me give you an example to illustrate that. Um can you think of any example in the Bible where Jesus was upset? Chasing the money changers out. Okay, chasing the money changers. So you think about that. John chapter 2, verses 13 to 22. He was so consumed by zeal, right, that he drove away the livestock and the money changers because of what happened. He They had turned the temple into what he described a, a den of thieves or a house of thieves. This was an expression of his zeal for what he saw. That was his father's house that they had taken. And I would also say as Christians, have we, if we've lost that, you know, when Jesus saw sinners, it's often said that he had compassion for them. So there is a piece to it, Kyle, I think where there's emotion, not just theological knowledge in your head, but it was clearly in his heart and the zeal was exercised. Sometimes in this case, it was with anger, but the zeal was exercised in that moment. I really like Titus, Titus 2, because I think a lot of times when we think about um, coming to Christ and the salvation we get from that relationship, we know that there's effort. We know that we have to have faith and works, but I don't know that we always strongly speak to being zealous for good works. And in speaking to the fact of that being the purpose, like you said, one of the purposes of redemption is so that we will be zealous for good works. And that's very convicting, right? And that's that's point we really need to hammer in a lot more on when we're trying to engage people and, and get them part of the work, part of the service, a part of worship. Um, because sometimes I think we know that we need faith and works, but sometimes that, that kind of zeal feels optional. Well, you're, Everyone's going to act on it a little differently. It, when I read Titus chapter two, that scripture about we're created, we're redeemed for to be a people zealous for good works, it, it suggests to me that our conversion and transformation experience has to result in more than just sitting in a pew for one or two hours a week. Uh, we need to see some some good works throughout the other six days of the week. There needs to be a, a certain zealousness for God, a certain zeal for God all of the time, that, that being a Christian needs to be more than just about going to church once a week. We talked about in the previous episode about... Um our legacy. And a part of that legacy is being an example. That's usually where people tend to lean, you know, on the pendulum, they tend to lean towards, I'm going to definitely be a better example than I may be an exhorter or evangelist, you know, and I think that that's sometimes that's the tilt of non-action that we need to fight against internally in ourselves and understand that, no, we were redeemed for the reward, but we were redeemed to do something with this opportunity to go out into the world um, and uh, do good works. So, my point in, in looking at an example for us is, is Jesus is the best example we could look at to demonstrate really a lifelong expression of zeal. In John chapter 6, uh, in verse 35, he talks about being the bread of life and he who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And so Jesus, whether he's uh, tormented praying to God in the Garden of Gethsemane and it's difficult, he was completely committed to fulfilling that mission that God had given him on this earth. And I think, Kyle, I'll go back to your definition at the beginning. If it's something that is all-consuming, it's everything we are, 
it's in our hearts and it's in our minds. That's what we mean by zeal, but it's expressed through action. It's not a feeling per se, although it may express itself in emotion. It's what we do. Well, and the reason I I asked that question in the way that I did is perhaps there are times when the emotion is not there, but a sense of devotion, that knowledge that I know Jesus paid a price for my soul, and I know that I owe him my everything. And there are times, there are mornings I might wake up where I don't feel it, very much like in a marriage. I've been married for 17 years. Um, Two years from now, I'm going to start the point where I've been married longer than I've been single in life. And I can say that that overall, the 17 years have been wonderful. Overall, generalized as great and peaceful and, and loving and fantastic, but not every individual moment in between those 17 years has been perfect. There have been difficult times. There have been challenges. And the feeling wasn't there, but the commitment was. And that's why I asked that question is I wonder if zeal can be like that too, where I'm, I might not feel it this particular day, but I know this is right and I'm going to keep doing what God wants me to do. But that feeling should that shouldn't be the norm, the absence of that that feeling, the the emotional side of it. But it might be times where where that's the case. In bringing this thought to a close for this episode, just introducing the idea of zeal. First John chapter two and verse six says, "The one who says he abides in Him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked." And so the Bible tells us, I think, one of the secrets of having the kind of zeal that we as Christians should have is looking at Jesus. And everything that he did to show zeal in his walk through his actions. I missed an opportunity for a good joke. You said you're baptized. I couldn't even see over the the, the top of the pulpit. Uh-huh. But now you can see over the top, but you just really can't see very far past it. That's true. Yeah. I have great eyesight. Burned. Corrected. Boom. Roasted. Boom. Roasted. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There was so much laughter in the last one. Yeah, I got to absorb it in this one. I think more in my later on adult life, I've appreciated more looking at Jesus's life. By adult, you mean like in your 40s? Um, 30s beyond, right? But about the age he was, I look at his life a lot more and really just in, in awe of how we're given everything we need to really understand how he approached life and all the the tools and all the the approaches that we can use we can take his wisdom we can take his knowledge the way he approached people with compassion with emotion uh, sometimes he did things he didn't want to do sometimes he had um, he showed real emotion of where we would say like, you know, like like us and humans like Peter a lot of frustration and emotion but he still always had this way of measuredness, you know, always having a measured approach. And um, I, so I appreciate the the focus and looking at his life, you know, through this act of zeal, even though it feels like, of course, he would be zealous. He was God. Of course, he would, you know, have this conviction. He was God, but in he didn't need it, though. I mean, he was already there. He already had the good works. Well, Jesus understood what was most important. He had his priorities straight. And I shouldn't look at zeal as something that that is puzzling to me. I don't think any of us should, because that's something Paul said earlier in the podcast, is, is we can be zealous for any number of things. Right now, we get together every Sunday night and play volleyball, and I am watching videos on how to spike how to serve, how to do sets, and I'm, I'm practicing the motions in front of a mirror. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's zeal right there. Am I taking this too far? So I, I can be zealous for any number of things. I know exactly what zeal looks like, but is it coming at the expense of 
the really important things. And that's where Jesus knew what mattered most. And the greater concern is that you just admitted to actually practicing. Have you been doing this long? Well, you wouldn't know because you weren't there last time. You had the pulpit joke. I was trying to get in there. And And I've never been even invited, so I'm hurt right now. So I would love to see Paul get out there and play volleyball. (laughs) Can he go on Sunday nights and play? Depends, maybe. Okay, done. We're coming up on winter. We can start renting a rink for Sunday night hockey. All right. Okay, Paul, I really do appreciate this uh, topic because I think that I am guilty of thinking about zeal in an emotional way. You know, most of my life, thinking of it and tying it to emotions so much more. And I'd say it's freeing if you're not feeling that emotion like Kyle was talking about, but just knowing, hey, there's good works to be done and uh, there's plenty to be done in the church, plenty to be done for our brethren. So I really do appreciate this focusing on zeal uh, in this way because uh, I don't think I've ever tied that, tied it outside of, of uh, the emotion before. Well, and I thought the next. There's just too much to do in one episode. So just let's just start off with the basics yeah. of what it is and Jesus and why. And then the next one we get into, okay, now I've got some practical application. So at the end of this episode, if there's anything I want to press on on everyone listening is God has made it clear in the scripture that his desire is for all Christians to be zealous. If you're listening to this, I just would like you to ask yourself, um, is your zeal where it needs to be? Because we read in Titus chapter 2 and verse 14, all the things that God has done for us to redeem us from every lawless deed, purify us. Why? For his own possession. So we would be zealous for good deeds, knowing that this is something we need to do and being intentional about making it a priority is the first step. And so if you hear this and you know you're not where you need to be, that's the first step is being intentional, looking at the life of Jesus as an example. In a follow-up episode, I want to explore practically what can we do to be more zealous and looking at examples, not just at Jesus and his life, but also the Apostle Peter and others where we can learn lessons on how to apply this in our lives. And so tune in to the next episode related to this topic on zeal, where we make it even more practical of what you can do to be more zealous as a Christian. Well, thank you, Paul. We really look forward to more follow-up on zeal in future episodes. We thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. It is our aim to be an encouragement to you. And if this episode has, has been an encouragement, we invite you to subscribe. If you think this episode would be an encouragement to someone else, please go ahead and share it. We thank you for listening and we invite any feedback you guys might have. Thank you.